This is the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast with your host, Amanda Ann. Welcome to this week's episode of Saturday Morning Serial. I'm Anna Ann, and today we are going to sit down with actor Tyler Burke to discuss the Zack Snyder's Justice League, now streaming on the platform HBO Max. Tyler is a lifelong fan of Batman and even starred in a fan film playing Jason Todd, as known as Robin. Tyler and my boyfriend Mike worked together on several films before Tyler was cast as the titular speedster Mock in Mike's directorial debut. Tyler also played the role of David in my first short film, Creeper, which can be found on YouTube. So on that note, let's go ahead and get into this discussion. Okay, thanks Tyler for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So can you tell us what other projects you worked on and what are you up to now? Uh, In my past, um, I've done a lot of kind of short films and some some TV stuff on like ID discovery, uh, like murder mystery kind of type shows, those kind of classic shows. Mm -hmm. I was in a couple of those, uh, like homicide hunter, um, was probably like the biggest one that people most know, I would say. Um, but as far as, uh, on YouTube, I actually was a part of a, uh, Batman fan film series called nightmare with a K, um, kind of clever there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, that I helped, uh, I helped write a little bit um, and produce, and then I actually played Robin in that mm-hmm. series, Jason Todd Robin. And I'd say that is kind of what I would – I'm pretty proud of that one and how that all worked out. We have two episodes that um, are currently out on YouTube, and then we have a third one that's coming out uh, hopefully sometime mm-hmm. by the end of the year. And, yeah, I uh, checked that out. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Everyone should check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's different. It's our take on, you know, kind of mm-hmm. what we would want our Batman universe to be like and, mm-hmm. and kind of the characters within it. So it's a lot of fun to kind of play around in that element and and being a nerd and a fan of the material, you know. There's nothing mm-hmm. better than, like, going to work, but you're really just, like, reenacting comic book moments and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? So... <laughs> Yeah, so what are you up to now? Uh, now, currently, uh, obviously things have been kind of slow, but uh, yeah. now that things are starting to pick back up, I am shooting a feature um, movie called Honest to God, and mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's like a Christian film, um, kind of just about a man who kind of questions his faith and finds his faith, and I play the main character's son within that, who's kind of a... Uh, uh, typical kind of millennial, very into Twitter and, and Reddit and, and that kind of world. And it, it's a little bit different of a character. I usually play more serious type characters and he's a little bit more laid back and funny, kind of a bum. So it's <laughs> it's a little bit nice of a change of pace. Awesome. And so you said you were Robin in this fan film. And yes. what was your experience playing that role? So that was that was very interesting. Um mainly because we we knew we wanted to kind of focus around the death of Jason Todd and that kind of storyline. And I wasn't really, as an actor, interested in playing like Robin running around in tights, you know, old school <laughs> Robin. And um, the, 
director, Jordan Foss, who's also, you know, the producer, writer, and uh, my friend from college and roommate. Um, he loves Robin. And so we really kind of worked out how we wanted to portray Robin as far as like the Jason Todd Robin versus some of your other more iconic Robins and kind of things that follow in that storyline. So it was a lot of, you know, research was just like reading comic books and watching, you know, cartoons and things like that. So that's really fun. Um, but then it's interesting to see like, you know, the fan perception of, you know, what they agree with, what they don't agree with, you know, look wise and how they interpret the characters. And there's a lot of passion when, when superheroes are involved. So it's, it's always interesting when you take on, one of those characters because it's you know you have a you're you're trying to fill shoes you're trying to fill some big shoes no matter what right, the character absolutely. is mm-hmm. yeah and that that must be the fun kind of homework going yeah, home exactly. and reading comics exactly and... <laughs> yeah there's, there's yeah it's 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 very easy to go to the the comic book shop and be like oh well it's research i might as well pick this up <laughs> exactly. and that up because i just have to know yeah it's yeah there's much harder things you have to do in life <laughs> Yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah, you bring up how just how passionately like all these fans just grasp these movies. Yes. So I'm going to lead into how do you feel about Zack Snyder's cut and DC's overall take on the Justice League franchise up until this movie that came out yesterday? So I actually was like not a fan at all. Um. I think it's because I feel I've always been a DC kid. I mean, I read Marvel and DC growing up, but I always was Batman justice league. Like that was mm-hmm. my, that's kind of, that was my bread and butter. I love that stuff. And I loved man of steel. I thought, because I've never really liked Superman because he was kind of a boy scout in my eyes. And I've always gravitated towards like Batman and the gritty characters. Mm-hmm. And man of steel was the first movie that, Super Superman movie that made me open my eyes and be like, man, there's a lot of depth to Superman that like isn't really talked about, and I would have never realized that without Man of Steel. Batman vs Superman is where everything kind of goes south for me, um, and I remember just being kind of very disappointed in in how that went, and and kind of being like, all right, this is this is not a good direction where we're going, and then the original justice league cut came out and i was i was very very unhappy mm-hmm. um to me it always felt like marvel laid out a perfect blueprint of like kind of how you do this and yeah. dc was like yeah we're going to do this but we're just going to jump to the group movie before we explain anything else and nothing made sense because of it in a sense there was a lot wrong with it visually it's cool i mean zack snyder always Mm -hmm. does really cool visual stuff that's what the guy does but story-wise and i think like character wise from my my opinion there was a lot lacking up until what we just saw though i will say that because now i do have different opinions (laughs) yeah i agree um i actually i'm not too familiar as much with the dc heroes as much as marvel i'm a total marvel girl so it, for me, it was just a lot. It was a lot of story. It was putting little yes. side pieces into one whole production. And yes. 
I was lost a few times and I feel like I, I did um, a podcast episode of Wonder Woman 2 and with that too, it's like they just pack so much into a movie and you just get lost. Yep. I think what the the big problem with what they're doing now too is is since you know the Snyder cut just came out they've had movies released since that are just going off the original Justice League cut mm-hmm. they're trying to fix so many things that in a weird ironic way fix themselves in the Snyder cut I think and now I think they're going to be in like kind of more of a knot because they've created more problems i think now for themselves yeah oh yeah Um, and you can definitely see that yeah there's there's a lot of a lot of moments where you're just kind of like huh or what and 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 you just don't quite it doesn't have that that nice like we i hate to always reference it but that marvel feel of like yeah when they connect something like the light bulb goes off and you're like, Oh, that's, this all makes great sense. Like, of course. Yes. It's very organic feeling where this, you mm-hmm. can tell they're, they're kind of forcing and trying to just fix things. Yeah. Places. And one thing I wanted to bring up too with you was, and I, like I said, I hate to comparing Marvel and DC. They're two separate franchises. You know, they both right. have their strengths and weaknesses, but yep. For me, as just like a motion graphics designer and all that, um, the CGI, and I just, I'm not a fan of the slow motions, how it's like they stop in slow motion. That is, that is especially Snyder's, like, it's his, it's his signature thing, but it's also like, how many times, like that movie probably Mm could have been 30 to 45 minutes shorter if they just didn't do as much slow motion because some of the scenes it was like man yeah the flash scenes especially that yes very very much like come on let's just get to it same with uh the cyborg football scene like great scene i think it's super important and like great for the character but like did we need to see an entire three minute slow motion version of that i don't think so I also think the movie, just to um, going back to the story, just over-explained some things as well. There was some stuff that just I felt like did not need to be in the movie at all. Just yeah. some side pieces. So it, it had its positives and it had its weaknesses. And overall, yeah. <laughs> but and, and you probably agree, too. I feel like Batman was not like there was no justice at all done for Batman's character. Yeah, this is where, see, this is where it's touchy because, like, I hate to really, really criticize because, like, people can turn around and be like, well, let's get into your Robin, man, you know? Right, (laughs) right. I I get it. But at the same time, like, I'm such a Batman fan that I'm very protective, so to say, over Batman. So I get it. So... And I'm a huge Ben Affleck fan because this is what hurts the most is when I heard Ben Affleck got cast as Batman, I was the biggest like pusher of this is going to be the best Batman of all time. Mm. I was like, he's the right age. He's he's been through enough in his life where he gets the Batman struggle. Like, because I think when he got this, it was like all around the, like the divorce and all that crazy Ben Affleck stuff that was going on. I was like, this is perfect for him to play Batman. And. He looks great. He he looks <laughs> yeah. great in the suit, but it's just 
not there's so many principles that I think make Bruce Wayne and Batman that don't show up in this or that he does the opposite in this. Mm-hmm. And there's not really any redemptions of him. Like, it's not one of those things of like, oh, he's learning that moment in this time. It's just like, it's not built into his character. It's kind of contradicting. And like, even his fighting style and and everything, like it's brutal. It's really cool. But like, he's definitely killing people. <laughs> like, like, right. Yeah. And that's tough for me. And like, in this one, I will say, and in the Justice League, the like extended cut or whatever the like longer unedited version is of that the unedited cut they do do a better job of making him not look like he's just like always shooting dudes and like but he's like clearly just like carpet bombing police vehicle or Mm -hmm. not police vehicles the thug vehicles and like shooting dudes explosive tanks on their back like it's just a lot of batman morals that make batman batman seem to get thrown out of the wind or thrown out the window and it's it just it saddens me a little bit because it just dampens. Mm-hmm. That's what makes Batman Batman for me is like towing the line and being the you know that human the human compass of it all of like being the Superman or being a superhero who is a human unlike a Superman who has some crazy ability that he has to deal with. It's and yeah he throughout even in the extended era even in the new Snyder cut it. I never felt like, oh, this is my Batman. There's a couple mm-hmm. good lines where I was like, oh, that's a good Batman line. <laughs> or that's a good Bruce Wayne line. But mm-hmm. overall, his character, it just still never got there for me. Yeah. It didn't live up to the fans' narrative about what a good Batman should be, basically. Yeah, in my opinion. In my opinion. So who has been your favorite Batman? Who Who's portrayed Batman like the best in your eyes? In my eyes? Mm-hmm. I, I think... Ironically, a lot of the actors bring a different thing to Batman that they do better than the others. Uh, like I, I, everyone hates on Clooney, but I think Clooney was one of the best Bruce Waynes we ever had. Mm-hmm. And because I mean, Br- Clooney is essentially Bruce Wayne in real life. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think Val Kilmer was a terrible Bruce Wayne, but he's a really good Batman under the cow. I think Christian Bale is probably my guy. Just because I was yeah. in the right age range for that. So, like, I was, you know, middle school, high school. Like, that was right where, like, I was, I could buy anything. Like, it was real to me almost. Mm-hmm. And, and right in the, like, heyday of me being really, really into comics. And so, that just hit it on the head for me. And, I mean, I love Michael Keaton, though, too. Oh, yeah. Michael Keaton's more of, like, if a comic book page jumped out. Mm-hmm. He's perfect for that. Yes. Christian Bale was like, if Batman was to be in the city of Chicago, like that's what that guy would be like. And so yeah. like those, those two for me will always be very, very hard to replace. Cause they, they, they did hit it on the head. Oh yeah. Christian Bale's great. Yeah. He has to be I mean, probably yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> those movies too, the, you know, dark Knight. I, they're classic. You remember when you go, you know, you went and saw it and just, yeah, just I mean, movies. specifically the Dark Knight. I remember so many things about that specific night in the theater, like everything about that, like watching this and being like changed, like in a movie actor, filmmaker perspective, like that was a movie that changed things and like was inspiring in a sense of like, okay 
we can do crazy things with movies mm-hmm. and really like get people sucked in to these fantasy type worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Josh Whedon, his take on justice league was riddled with abuse allegations and behind the scenes drama. What do you believe makes a film set comfortable and productive for the casting crew? That's a good question. Um, I think that I will say that a lot of the film sets that I have been on, I haven't really experienced a lot of that. I've, Mm -hmm. I've experienced a lot of like independent things that are kind of like, you know, like cutting corners, like the crap, you know, like a crafting table where your snacks are. Maybe there's like, you know, just, just some water, you know, like things Mm -hmm. like that, like nothing that's too crazy or like going long hours and doing things like that shooting somewhere you know without having permission like an alley or something like that Mm -hmm. um but you know especially in like today's culture and everything it it, it's very important to have a respectful setting on a film set i like to think of film sets as like they're like mini families in a way especially if you're shooting something of length that you're not there for just like a day you see these people every day you get to know them. You're there for very long time, very long hours, and like very stressful situations sometimes. And so, it's very important to kind of have a level of respect for everyone around you and that you're working with. And um, specifically from like an actor standpoint, um, when it comes to like anything involving like invading someone's kind of personal space, so to say. Like you really want to have permission up front and and kind of like talk to them beforehand of, you know, what's acceptable, what's not. A lot of sets will have kind of um, like professionally hired people who deal with kind of like like relationships and, and kind of appropriateness on set, so to say. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a just like a, a way to break the bubble down of where they'll sit you down. Like say we were to have like a like a romantic scene or something and it's you and the partner you're in the scene with they'll kind of introduce you you guys talk you get comfortable you kind of just do you know hi i'm i'm tyler those kind of things and then they go over kind of like okay in the scene the scene requires this this and this like is there anything that either of you don't feel like comfortable with or, Mm. or you're not comfortable with and then from there it goes to well is there anywhere like you should not touch like a certain spot on the mm. back something anything that could be you know either like injury related just personal reason related or like a trigger type situation so mm. they really try to avoid all situations like that where you want to kind of be very comfortable and respectful for the setting that like you're in especially like i said from like an actor standpoint um like i said fortunately I've not really, everything has been very respectful that I've been involved in Mm -hmm. and we kind of try to make a part of it. It's always been a thing in our theater. I grew up in the theater kind of, that's where Mm -hmm. I got all my training. Um, And my experience in the theater was always all about that. So that's kind of carried over to me um, in my personal experience. But I mean, everyone hears the horror stories and you know, you read about the stuff that goes on kind of behind scenes, but more people are aware now, I think, and like I said, it's not taken lightly anymore. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be something that's changing throughout the industry now, which is good. Yeah. I also, too, have theater background, and they really just drill that into your head early yeah. on. You know, everyone gets treated with respect. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Yep. 
And so going back to the movie, there were so many like kind of end credit type of I don't know if they were end credits like it was just they really were it's funny you say that tangents and I know Mike even I was like so basically we're not getting any follow-up movies to this and he said it's because the actors don't really want to come back just because of the way they were treated on set and all that with the story their characters yeah it's too bad it, yeah, it's it's crazy because, I mean, this movie's what, five years old now almost? Yeah. Four, five years old. And they've already moved past it and made things, you know, that have happened after. Like, you got Wonder Woman, you have Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because now you see this and, like, going from a dude who watched Justice League and was like, I never want to watch a DC movie again to, like, <laughs> I watched this and I was like, I kind of want a sequel to this. Like, yeah. I would like to see this. Like, now that we got the, like, so to say, team-up movie out of the way, the the boring stuff, in a sense, like, mm-hmm. I want to see these dudes just, like, going out and doing a mission now. Like, Yeah. And we probably aren't going to get that. I mean, we might, but, it, again, there, there's a lot of things that are in the plans that are just, like, it's going to be hard for them to keep all this together, I feel like, and make it feel organic and congruent. It's just going to feel... A little out of place, I feel like. It just felt like the movie that never ended. <laughs> yeah, kept, yeah, kept going was, and going and going. There was a lot of those like Lord of the Ring moments where the screen like cut out mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's over, and then another scene would come out and you're like, oh, okay, we're gonna, we're all right. Yeah, we're not done yet. So earlier reports have shown that Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck's different Batmen will both return in the Flash movie. How do you feel Andy Muschietti is going to balance these two different caped crusaders? (laughs) See, this is what's tough because like my, my answer to this is extremely different now in the past 24 hours or 48 Mm -hmm. hours. Um, Because at first, like justice league was so screwed up anyways that I was like, this is kind of the only shot they have to fix everything you know, with kind of the Flash and Flashpoint and all that kind of breaking dimensions and time bending, like they can pull some some movie magic to kind of make it all work and fix and and kind of fix all the wrongs. But now since this has come out, I feel like that movie's gonna end up being the one that causes more problems. Mm-hmm. Um now that being said from like a story standpoint that's I'm I'm very interested to see how they pull that all off from a viewer standpoint I will watch anything anytime Michael Keaton puts the cow back on <laughs> so whatever he does I'm in I'm in I have my own ideas of what I'd like or what I'd kind of like to see him as but like if he's going to if he's going to come back and do it I'm in I'm all in on it um and I hope it works because Michael Keaton is He's the he's one of the OGs, so mm-hmm. I would I've hope heard... he's only getting back in if he mm-hmm. feels confident in it. Yeah, definitely. And I also, over the years, really have found respect for Andy Muschietti as a director. He's very creative. He's got a lot of creative shots, and I say that I've seen his um, like the work he's done in the movie It, It Chapter mm-hmm. Two. I just for some reason 
it appeals to the eye so well. I know it's a scary horror movie. This clown eats children, yada, yada. But from a creative standpoint, with story and the characters, it, it all balances out so well. So hopefully he'll do some damage control to this. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, that's what you can hope for. That's mm-hmm. all we can hope for is that it just it just helps it out because in my eyes batman's the character that needs the most work at the moment Mm -hmm. out of all of them so if that movie is the one that can do it for me um i hope the more power to him (laughs) i mean he's definitely qualified i'd say you know so superman kind of had his um closure a little bit i felt like in this cut yes so he's he's done yeah i mean probably it it's crazy because I went from liking him so much as Superman, and then I hated it, and then like I was like just done with with Henry Cavill in general. I was like, forget it, I'm done with him. <laughs> and then The Witcher came out, and I was all the way back in. I was like, all right, this guy gets it. <laughs> yeah. But then after this, I was like, man, this dude is such a good Superman for what this Superman is in this story. Like mm-hmm. he is, he is so good for what, what they're doing with Superman. Not to say like I agree with it, or you know, there's different fans that don't like it or do like it. I think for the Superman and the story that they're telling currently, he he plays him so well. So it's, it's it is sad again because like we know he's probably never gonna come back. Like, mm-hmm. and they've pretty much made it clear they've moved on. So. It is kind of sad in that aspect because I think there there was a, there's a lot there. There's just a lot of opportunities that I think could have been something more and something great mm-hmm. that we just they're just always going to be kind of what ifs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what I have to say to that. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you feel about Robert Pattinson taking up the role of Batman going forward in this new kind of other Batman story going on. I'm hoping it doesn't come back to bite me, but I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for this. Yeah. Same with us. Um, I'm a big Robert Pattinson fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the dude, the dude can act They're yeah. like flat out. The dude can act and he's been in some very, very, powerful movies like good time and lighthouse like movies that are kind of more art house or or weird so to say but like his acting in it is just like he's phenomenal and i feel like him playing like a young batman and like we're getting the rendition of him kind of becoming batman not becoming him because they say he's been batman for a couple years or whatever but we're getting young batman so to say you know a couple years in Mm -hmm. and I think he's just going to – I really do think he's going to nail Bruce Wayne. He has the best, like, depressed, smoldering look face of all time. Yeah, Like, he built a career <laughs> off that. Like, that's how yeah. he got Twilight. That's how he mm-hmm. – like, so him in the chair staring off, like, he's going to – they're going to have at least five minutes of cuts of that because he's going to – he has the best look of that. So – and, I mean, he is kind of a Bruce Wayne in his own way. Like, he was – he was fucking – he was the sexiest vampire of all time, you know, for <laughs> yes. like a lot of people for a long time. Oh my God. So 
like the dude kind of lived the Bruce Wayne lifestyle, I feel like. So yeah. I feel like he he's in a point in his life where again, like I thought with Affleck, it's it's perfect for him to play this. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I was a sucker for the trailer. The trailer got me. Because yes. I'm very protective over Batman now since all of this DC stuff. Now I do think that all the different Joker storylines and and the more separate and more we break off from a singular concept, it's going to get more confusing and the overall product is going to go down a little bit. Like having this Ben Affleck Batman and Robert Pattinson Batman, I can see how it's going to get confusing for a lot of people and for any, the whole series as a general. Um, Because everyone's going to be like, oh, I wish that was kind of in that and that was in that one. Um, but for the Robert Pattinson one specifically, all that aside, I'm I'm very hopeful. I think we're gonna get like a dark, gritty Batman to the like highest level, which is what I'm all about. So <laughs> I remember when I saw the first image of him as Batman, that crossed me over. I was like, Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I agree with all of that. Yeah. He's got that be... rusting try messing with me come at me yeah he's yeah yeah he's just he's mastered it yes so i i know this is kind of off topic and i actually don't have this written down on my notes but (laughs) the joker with joaquin phoenix yeah i i still am trying to figure that one out if it's in the timeline with anything or if it's just one big so vision of from what guy. I can understand is it's just a singular story. Now, yeah. what I personally think is kind of happening because it was such a hit too. Because the thing is, is like Joaquin was like, I only want to do one, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, money talks, you know? So yeah. <laughs> that movie made so much money that I part of me feels like if Robert Pattinson Batman can be decent and good, that world is built perfectly for this Joker. And there Mm -hmm. could be some kind of crossing of the tides. Mm. That's a super long shot and kind of just like a fan dream. Yeah. Um, Because I did, there's things I don't like about Joker, but overall I liked, I liked the Joker character and I liked Mm -hmm. Joaquin as Joker and like, I just want to see Joker now, that Joker, four or five years in. Not, like, just starting to figure it out like we saw him now. And I think Mm -hmm. it matches up if we have a young Robert Pattinson. By the time we get to Robert Pattinson's second or third movie, we have that Joaquin Phoenix Joker who's been in Gotham for time before Batman. There's a lot of interesting arcs they can pull and do from what they've set up in Joker if they were to kind of sneakily be like oh yeah these are actually related Mm -hmm. but as far as i know like studios and stuff they're not it's just singular properties okay yeah that's what i gathered too but man that would be so cool yeah we can all wish as fans yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly well tyler thank you so much for coming on today i really appreciate it yeah no problem it was it was a pleasure it was fun like i said i was i was I felt bad all week because I was like, man, I'm going to get on here and have to like, just destroy this thing. Like, 
and be the negative guy. And then I watched it and was just so, I was so pleasantly surprised by a lot of it that, again, it was long, but. (laughs) Yeah, it was. We had to take like a supper break and. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you see a movie that has like black title cards that come up, you just get like tarantino flashbacks and they're like all right we have a we have an intermission coming like we know and i remember i like every now and then i'd hover the mouse over i was like this is really good like how far am i in and there's like Mm -hmm. two and a half hours left (laughs) we did the same and we ended right when mike had to go to work so it was like we timed that perfectly we were like oh (laughs) yeah it's like a four hour it's crazy it's a four-hour movie like that's like a good part of your day like yeah (laughs) we started at like five we ended at 9 30 yep. <laughs> so there you go everyone right, make sure so much yes of course and everyone make sure you check out tyler's work you said uh youtube you can find some of your yeah, movies uh nightmare uh with a k or uh you can go to palm drive productions on youtube um or uh my instagram tyler burke actor that's kind of where I keep everyone posted of like what I'm doing and kind of behind the scenes shots, things like that. Um, and then I'll always throw up links and stuff like that to um, any content that I post that you guys can get to. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll post that in the description of this podcast as well. Awesome. All right. So with that, guys, I hope you all have a good week ahead. I have extended the giveaway another week for those interested, so make sure you check out the podcast Instagram page, Saturday Morning Serial underscore podcast to enter. Also, make sure you subscribe on whichever platform you are listening on to not miss out on a new episode every week. I appreciate you all tuning in and hope you all take care.